You may be seated. Before we jump into the message today, I want to kind of share, I want to kind of share with you, I I told you, I told you that we practice what we preach and I think you need to. I don't think anybody ought to stand in the pulpit and tell somebody else to do something they're not willing to do. Amen. Amen. And we practice what we preach. We're not just, we're not just uh, uh, giving lip service to mission work. Let me give you a brief review of this past week. Uh, Monday, Monday, we, not Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, uh, we, we preached at the manna on the mountain in, uh, in, in, uh, where's that sand mountain, sand mountain over there on the other side of, of the world. Say amen. Uh, and it was a very, very good service. God moved in that. So we were thankful for that immediately. As soon as we got through the, the, the service, I took, I went and took a shower. They had a little cabin there cause I was soaking wet. And, and, and took a shower, jumped in the truck and went to the airport and we flew to Minnesota. Uh, uh, most of you know, a couple of years ago, we started Mission America, Mission America to plant training centers around our country to train disciple makers. And, and if you know anything about the book of Acts, you know that Paul, he left Antioch and went and planted churches around the Mediterranean. And that was his first missionary journey. And then he took his second missionary journey and he went and checked on those, those places, checked on those churches, uh, how they were doing. Well, that's kind of what we were doing this week. And we flew to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, we left Minneapolis and flew to Detroit, Michigan. And then we flew to Des Moines, Iowa, uh, and got back late Friday night about, well, actually it was about, uh, 1230 Saturday morning and, uh, and then jumped right into getting ready for our Hispanic event, uh, here, uh, at temple on our property. And, uh, and we had, we had, uh, four different events going on represented, uh, with people from temple Baptist church. We had the countywide yard sale that was going on. We had some of our DM, DMD disciples making disciples, Timothy's out sharing God's story, basically sharing the gospel. And we had one saved there. Can we give God praise and glory? Yeah. You saving more money at the yard sale. Say amen. <laughs> then we had a group at Depot Days in Hartzell walking around in superhero outfits, taking pictures and handing out invite cards. So we thank all those that sweated to death in those outfits. Amen. And then we had Cast for Kids uh, at Smith Lake. 40 special needs kids were getting to go fishing some for the very first time. And, and Temple was representing, ministering uh, to those kids there. And then we had our Spanish outreach event here at Temple. We had over 150 people show up and we had several salvations. Come on, let's give God praise right there. <clears throat> I, was, I was just thrilled to death. I was tired as all get out. But man, I'm telling you, when you see a, a, a middle-aged gentleman give his life to Christ and a young teenager come to Christ, listen, and people, multiple, multiple people in there with tears in their eyes, uh, Brother Green preached a great message. I don't know what he said, but it was great. <laughs> it was wonderful. Amen. 
uh, Brother Green, most of you know, is one of my mentors. He was my uh, uh, middle school or actually elementary school principal. And uh, and he's done mission work in Venezuela, El Salvador, uh, Guatemala, and Mexico. And uh, he'll be preaching this morning uh, down at the 11 o'clock service in our Hispanic service. So I thank God for him and his ministry. Uh, this week, Brother Jason, one of our staff members, is going to be flying to Seattle, Washington, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, this week, this week on Tuesday, we have a vision cast at Temple. We have 20 churches coming in from Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, Texas, and Pennsylvania. We have new cohorts uh, going, which is a group of pastors being trained in Florida. Nine churches being trained in Tampa, Florida. New cohorts in Pennsylvania. Nineteen churches getting involved to plant DMD, disciples making disciples. Can we give God praise and glory? What's your point, preacher? My point is we're practicing what we preach it. We're, we're doing everything we can do. Here's a praise report. If you have your, if you have your booklet, if you have your booklet, I want you to grab your booklet and open it to 2022 praise report. And we're going to just discuss, uh, and by the way, we, we allotted time for this. I ain't using none of my sermon time. Say amen. All right. Uh, this is our praise report. Now, this is, the, some of you don't know, you, you're, you're new to Temple. Uh, here at Temple, we believe in giving to missions. Uh, we give our offerings, our offerings, our tithes. Some call it tithes. If you say, well, I don't believe in tithes, well, you just give offerings in, all right? But uh, we, 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 some of us, we practice tithing. Uh, uh, we practice tithing. It worked in the old Testament and God bless Abraham for it. And God bless Isaac and Jacob for it. And I think he can bless us for it. Amen. And so we practice our tithing and then we give above that to what's called faith promise. That is what God, we believe that God will help us give strictly to missions and it goes straight to missions. Uh, for our missions work. So when I read out this praise report, I don't want you to think this is coming from our, our one-time project. This is different. This is what we give weekly. If that makes sense, say amen. This is just what we give above our tithes weekly, uh, to, uh, affect missions on, in this world through our faith promised missions commitments. We will contribute more than $120,000 to our missions monthly support. In other words, it covers all of our missionaries. All of our missionaries do not come out of our general fund. They come out of our faith promise missions giving. If that makes sense, say amen. When you go out this door over here on that wall, you'll see all of our missionaries there and where they are serving overseas. And this is how we support them through our faith promise giving. And, and it says we have with, uh, our mission support with eight, now $82,800 of that 120 goes specifically directly to church planning endeavors. Since 2016, Temple has had a part in planning 1,532 churches across the world. Our goal by 2025 is to plant 2,000 churches through our faith promise commitments, which are above our one-time yearly project. So does everybody understand that? This is, these churches are not being planted by what we do in September. This is what we do each week. And does everybody understand that? Say amen. That's where that number's coming from. 
So our goal is 2000 uh, from our weekly giving to our missions. And this goal should be reached early thanks to the devoted faith promise contributions made each month by Temple Baptist Church members. So we can, can we take a second and give God praise and glory for all the faith promise commitments that have come in this year. Now, last year's one-time offering, that's, that's what, uh, uh, we can, now we did the, the boxes and the one-time offering together. That's what we're calling our one-time offering, uh, which was, uh, 200. Now, now this is, this is just totally blows my mind. Our goal, our goal was 300,000, 1,000 churches. If you'll remember at that time before the inflation hit and all that, we could plant a church in an unreached people group for $300, right? And so our goal was a thousand churches. So that would be how much? What's th- what's what's thousand times three hundred? Man, y'all slick. Amen. All right. So our goal was three hundred thousand. You gave because of your generous spirit and heart five hundred and forty four thousand four hundred and eight dollars, which is two hundred and forty four thousand four hundred eight dollars and fourteen cent. Over our projected budget, which has allowed us to see at least 1,815 churches planted in the unreached areas of the world. Can we give God praise and glory right there? Yes. Amen. Now keep in mind, there's 6,825 unreached people groups in the world. And our partners with Timothy Initiative, they've been able to reach 3,000 of those people groups. Taking part in giving toward this ministry means we are making a real difference in the Great Commission. This year alone, this year alone, we have been able to plant 2,225 churches among unreached people groups through our partnership with TTI. Through TTI, there have been 96,660 new believers in the first quarter of 2022. Thanks to our contribution from people like you, we've been able to advance the kingdom in unreached. That means they have no gospel witness, no Bible, no churches whatsoever. But because of what you have done, we've been able to reach that many people in unreached people groups across the globe. Can we give God praise and glory? Now, now let me say this. Let me say this. At the bottom of that page is our goal for this year. Uh, we, we kept the goal at a thousand because with inflation, we had to go to 400 a box. Uh, and if you're not familiar with temple, uh, we have our boxes, which represents a different church, a church in a specific village somewhere that does not have a church. And we've been praying, we've been praying. We've challenged our people to take one of those boxes home and say, God, fill this box for your glory. Lord, if you'll fill it, I'll give it. And we, we've challenged them. Don't take it out of your budget. Watch God do it. Now, if God tells you to take it out of your budget, you do what God tells you to do. But I'm talking to the skeptics and the critics in here who doesn't think, listen, see what God can do. I, I don't even have time. I, I, I've had several testimonies this week that's come in, poured in, saying, "God, uh, preacher, let me tell you what God did this week." And just sent. And I'm telling you, God is for real, and God can get it done. Amen. Amen. Now, listen. This is what we've had come in so far. 
So far, it's a new number. It's a, it's, your number's wrong because it was at the, at the beginning of August. So we are up to date. Here's our up to date number. Uh, so far, we brought in $275,043.22, which is 687 churches, which leaves us with 313 churches to go. How many of y'all believe God's going to give that to us for this year's out? Amen. Amen. So that's what I want you to be praying about. That's what I want you to be asking God about. We take up an offering. Uh, uh, what, Brother Dustin, what day is our special offering? October the 7th? 2nd. October the 2nd. All right? According to the book. Amen. October the 2nd. I want you to be praying. I want you to be asking God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And this is what your preacher wants from you. Whatever he tells you, that's what you do. I don't want you to do anything more than what God tells you to do. Because if you are obedient to God, God is going to bless your efforts. God is going to bless what you give. And and you say, what is all this in this praise report? Everything that you saw in that praise report, guess what? That's treasure laid up in heaven. Treasure laid up in heaven. And all God's people say it. Now, look back in Acts chapter number 4. Look back in Acts chapter, and by the way, one more thing I, I, I meant to say, uh, we have, we have uh, several more uh, openings in our banquet, and, and this is why we're doing this. You say, Preacher, why are you doing a banquet separate from all this? There are things that we want to share with you guys that we can't in here because of, of, of technology and social media and going out. Uh, that will risk the lives of missionaries that we're supporting over there. So we have to do it in a smaller environment with no phones and no social media, no video uh, to keep them safe. Now, how many of y'all can understand that? Say amen. So if you want to know the details, our goal is a church in every village everywhere. Achieve, achieve a church in every village everywhere. Everybody say that. And we've got things that we'd like to share with you that we're doing, and, 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 but we can't in this environment. But if you will sign up for the banquet, I think the fee is $20, and it's not going to do anything but pay for the food and, 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 and the banquet itself. And so please sign up for that because there's so many cool things that's going on that God's doing that we want to share with you guys, so sign up for that. All right. Now, Acts chapter number four. Now, I'm going I'm to I'm be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think... I don't think that I've ever preached on these two subjects for a missions emphasis uh, month or a missions conference ever in my ministry. I, I know I haven't preached on David and Goliath in it, but it fit. Amen. And I was praying this week. I was praying this week and trying to study this week. Uh, we would, we would get to, we'd fly into the airport and get to the motel and we had just a couple hours before we could have a meeting and meet with a pastor or meet with a training center. Uh, then, then we would jump in there and go back to the uh, room and, and then, and get it just like, just freshen up and then, then go to another one. And, and so we had spurts of like one or two hours. Uh, in between traveling to the airport or traveling to a training center, or traveling to a church, uh, trying to, to check on them, encourage them and spend time with them. And, and, and I'll, I'll share more of that later. But, but I, I, my men, my mental capacity and my studying, I don't, I don't have a, I, I, my, my train of thought in, 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 in keeping that is not very good. 
And so once in order for me to study, in order for me to study, I've got to have extended time. And, and extended time means I can't study a little bit here and a little bit there because it, here's what I got to do. I got to get in the groove and get in my, get in my, my mojo and then I got to stay there for a while. That makes sense. Because if I lose concentration and lose my train of thought, I'm just no good. I can't, I just can't operate that way. And so all week I'm trying to study in between time and trying to put something together and I have a few thoughts going on in my head and, and late Friday night, Late Friday night, we, we, we flew into, we got back into Huntsville and, 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 and early, early Saturday morning, we got back to the house and, and I knew I had a little window. I had a little window, uh, Saturday morning, yesterday morning before we had to start setting up and planning for our evangelistic event for our Hispanic service. And, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you, I'm just telling you straight up. Your pastor's greatest fear, I have nightmares over this here, periodically, about every six months I have a nightmare that I'm standing in front of all you guys, this big old crowd, and I don't have nothing to say. <laughs> that I haven't prepared, or I've lost my outline, or my dog ate it, or Tammy didn't write it for me, one or the other. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'll wake up in a cold sweat because, you know, getting in front of y'all is the most important thing I do in my life. And I take this very seriously. So I am, I'm just, I'm just nervous. I'm just praying, begging. God said, God, you got to help me. I don't have that much time and my brain's not working right. And, and I sat down, I sat down, I woke up early yesterday, this yesterday morning and I got to the church and, and got in my office. And in just a few minutes, in just a few minutes, God started talking to me and man, he gave me what I need to tell you. Now, at the end of this, you may say, I can tell you only spent a few minutes on it. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. But uh, let me just tell you, I believe I've got what God wants us to hear. In all the places that we went to, we, we, we saw some disappointing things. We saw some disappointment. We saw some hurt. In and by the way, guys, you need to understand pastors all over this nation are in a spiritual warfare. I, I don't think we, I don't think we met not one single pastor, not one single training center leader that wasn't struggling, that, that something was going on, that they were fighting hell by the half acre. And we spent time encouraging them and praying with them, crying with them. I mean, just almost every single one. I don't know of a training center, a pastor or a, a Paul, which is a Paul as a leader of a training center that we met with that there wasn't tears shed before we left. Satan, Satan is real. And he's attacking the American church and the American leaders. And, and this is what I learned though. And I saw over and over again, not just with the leaders, but with the church people is that they're not utilizing the help that God has given us. And I'm not just talking about missions. I, I, I was praying about this and all week God was saying, fill with the Holy spirit, fill with the Holy spirit, fill with the Holy spirit, be filled with the Holy spirit, filled with the Holy ghost. I was going through I was going through the book of Acts and looking at all the places and all the, the, the verses that dealt with, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and something happened. Filled with the Holy Ghost and Paul preached. Filled with the Holy Ghost and Peter preached. Now the word filled means influence. 
It means controlled by. Y'all know the verse and I'll read it here in a little bit. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Now, drunk with wine, if you've ever been drunk, if you've ever been drunk, that means you were influenced by the alcohol. If you get arrested, there's a school bus driver got arrested uh, uh, under the influence and was, was under some kind of narcotic or whatever it is. But what does that mean? It was influencing her driving, influencing her behavior. It was controlling her words. Now, now you see somebody belligerent and they, they, they've been in the alcohol. What do you say? When they're acting belligerent, what do you say? That's just the, that's just the alcohol talking, right? That alcohol is, now there's a reason that God said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. He's saying, don't be controlled. Don't be influenced by the alcohol, be controlled and influenced by the Holy Ghost. Now, he said that for all of us. He said that for all of us. And I said, Lord, that's a good topic. I agree with you. I don't doubt it a bit. I know without a shadow of a doubt that that is, that is what most Christians in America need to have. And, and I said, but Lord, that don't really have nothing to do with missions. And the Lord said, oh, contraire. <laughs> he said, read it again. So I went back and read it again. Watch this. When they had prayed. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. Read it with me. And they were all. Now let's look at a list. I've got it at the top of your notes and I'm going to go fast. I'm going to go fast. Don't worry. We're going to get through this. Look at a list of five things. Five things that took place when they were filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says after they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. So number one, what, what happened when they were filled with the Holy Ghost? Everybody say it. Now, can you say that's missional? When you're speaking the word of God with boldness, does that have something to do with missions? Absolutely. All right. Then it says, and the multitude, the multitude of them that believe were of one heart and of one soul. That means they were together. They were unified. So number two, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they not only spoke with boldness, but then that number two, they were, they were unified in the task. Now, how many of y'all know if you're going to accomplish mission work, you got to be unified in the task. Now, does that have something to do with missions? That's right. That's right. Now watch this. And verse 33, and with great what? power gave the apostles what witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now, how many of y'all know that having power to witness has something to do with missions? So they had boldness to speak. They were unified in their task. They had great power in their witness. Then it says this, and great grace was upon them all. They experienced great grace. Now, how can we translate that? How can we translate that to to help us understand what that means? That means they had the touch of God on them. Grace is unmerited favor. Say it again. Grace is. That means we've got God's favor. I don't think you're getting me. Favor, favor brings blessing. Listen, favor brings the touch of God on what you are doing and it's undeserved. 
But when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we speak with boldness. We get unified in the task. We're together. We're not on 50 different things. Listen, we are on the task of getting the gospel to people who don't have it. We have great power in our witness. In other words, when we share our faith, there is something on it. Amen. Then, then we have great grace. We have God's unmerited favor. And then the Bible says they start selling stuff. Look what it says. They, they were, they who had possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought the prices of things that were sold. They laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted, the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Preacher, what else happened? They practiced extreme generosity. They practiced extreme generosity. Now, I'm not for anybody making you, forcing you. This, this is not communism. I need everybody to get that. People try to use these verses to support communism. Communism is you give, whether you like it or not, against your will. That's not communism. I mean, excuse me, that's not, that's not what he said. They did it because they wanted to. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, preacher, am I right? When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, nobody's got to hold a gun to your head. Listen, nobody held a gun to anybody's head and y'all gave because you wanted to. You love people you've never even seen before. You had a heart for God. And because of that, you gave $544,000 to plant churches to people you will never see on this side of glory. Somebody say amen. 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 If I got to hold a gun to your head, I don't want it. I don't want it. God loveth a... Cheerful giver. Now, I have heard people say, uh, listen, uh, if you can't give cheerfully, don't give it. Now, I'm a little different. If you can't give cheerfully, give anyway. God will change your attitude later. <laughs> say amen. amen. Now, how many of y'all can agree that, that being filled with the Holy Spirit, all of these things happen? That's all missional. I said, okay, Lord, I get it. I believe that. So if we're going to be effective in mission work, That's what this whole month is all about. We're going to have to be filled with the Spirit. You're going to have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Every single year. Now, I I, I wish I wasn't like this, but I'm telling you, I I don't know whether I got it from my mama's side. That's what my brother said. You you just take out the mom on this deal. You worry about everything. You fret about everything. Listen, yesterday, yesterday, it was 30 minutes before time to start. And I'm afraid they ain't going to show up. They ain't going to come. They ain't going to be here. We done worked hard and work. Now, now Cesar, you got to admit you was a little nervous. Come on now. A little nervous, a little nervous. And man, they started coming and they started coming and they started. And man, brother green, he done such an awesome job. I saw, I saw tears in people's eyes and it was just awesome. I don't even why. And the whole time I'm saying, I knew it all along. But, but I do, I fret over this. I fretted over last year. I'm saying, Lord, let this come in. Lord, it's going to look bad if we don't reach our goal. Lord, it's going to, you know what? Here's the thing. If we're all filled with the Holy Ghost, it, what needs to happen will happen. So I need to help you with this. I need to help you with this because being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just about missions. It's about sanity. 
Being filled with the Holy Spirit is about having peace of mind. You said, do you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel? I said, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Do I have a witness in the house? Any of y'all raised teenagers, raise your hand. You better be filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, smart mouth. And it's a sad day when you look at them and they say something and you saw you. And you still wanted to slap you out of them. I need a witness, y'all. That's right. Now, let's do a little Bible study real quick. Let me check my time. Oh, mercy. Let's go. Well, there's a lot of outline left for that amount of time, Brother Mike. Hey, Amen. Can you adjust that clock a little bit? Okay. We'll go fast. We'll go fast. It's okay. Now, now let's look at three things. Three things. And it's funny. Bro, bro, I shared some of this with Brother Dustin. Uh, and I saw entirely too much of him this whole week. I'm going to just tell you that right now. <laughs> And I was sharing little thoughts that God was giving me each day. And, and, uh, and, and then I, I send them the outline. As soon as I get the outline done, I send it to all of our tech guys so they can be working on all this stuff. And there's like six guys I got. I'm telling you, modern day technology has made it hard on a preacher, man. Before, I didn't have to worry about that. Nobody saw my outline until I got to preach it. And I'm just missing the good old days. Amen. But I sent it to him. And, and this is what he said. This ain't nothing like you said this week. I said, I know. But this is what God gave us. Here's what you need to understand about the Holy Spirit. You need to understand his function. You need to understand his function. And I know there's a lot that the Holy Spirit does for us. I know there's a lot that he does for us. But here's a few things that God wanted me to remind you guys. All right. First of all, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost that God gives us, the moment we get saved, he comes and dwells in us. Now, I'm just taking for, I'm just, you know, taking, taking for granted you know that, right? Everybody that's saved. Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost comes in. Now, here's what he does. John 14, verse 16. John, it's right there in your notes. First of all, John 14, 16 says this. And I will pray the Father. This is Jesus speaking, encouraging his disciples. I will pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of what? Truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. John 14, 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the father will send in my name, he shall what? Come on. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. First John 2, 27, but the anointing, that's the Holy Ghost, but the anointing, which ye have received of him abideth in you and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you all things is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Preacher, what are you saying? One of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to teach the truth. The Holy Ghost teaches you truth. Now, thank God for teachers. Thank God for anointed teachers. Thank God for gifted teachers that God gives the, the gift of teaching. But let me tell you this right now. You can take a Bible all by yourself, get in a room, sit down and pray, God, help me understand what I'm reading and he will teach you truth. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. God gave you a helper. 
God gave you somebody to help teach you truth and help you understand it. Secondly, secondly, John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Jesus is saying, it's very, very important that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter, that's the Holy Ghost, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, when he is come, he will, what's that word? Reprove the world of, and of righteousness and of judgment. Now the word reprove means to convince or convict. Convince. Two things here. Uh, Brother Green was preaching last night. Brother Green was preaching last night. And as he shared the gospel, the Holy Spirit was moving in that tent. And people who did not know Jesus, the Holy Spirit was convincing them that Brother Green was telling the If that makes sense, say amen. He convinces us. You know, I, I, I met with one of the, one of the Timothys. One of the Timothys, uh, and he was saying, "Preacher, I've been having a problem." He said, "There's one person that I've been trying to, I've been, I've been, I've been giving him, and, and, and he's arguing, and we go back and forth, back and forth." And he says, "I'm having a hard time convincing him." I said, "You know why? It's not your job. It's not your job to make him understand. It's not your job to convince him. It's your job to tell him the truth. It's God's job to convince him that what you're telling him is true. If that makes sense, say Amen." But convince, but also convict. Say that with me. It also means to. That means when you get saved, when you get saved and you get ignorant on God, the Holy Ghost is going to convict you. That's why, that's why I get frustrated when people come to my office and say, Preacher, is it okay to do such and such? You already know. You're just trying to get my endorsement. You're trying to get me to say yes to what he's already said no to. I haven't had one sin yet. I haven't had one sin yet that I've had to wonder whether it was a sin or not. Because the Holy Spirit is there to convict. The Holy Spirit there is there to convict of sin, to convince of righteousness, what is true and what is right. Then see. Not only does he teach us the truth, not only does he convict the sin. How many of y'all are glad we've got help? We've got help to live this Christian life. He also empowers to witness. John 15, 26. Watch what it says. When the comforter is come, whom I shall send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father. Watch this now. He shall what? He shall testify of me. In other words, the Holy Spirit will always point people to Jesus. Always. Acts 1.8. Let's all read it. Let's all read this whole verse together. Because this is what we've been practicing, preaching, praying, begging God to help us do. Let's all read Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power. I can't hear you, Fairview. I cannot hear you out there. Let's go. Let's go. Everybody at Fairview. Everybody together. You ready? Here we go. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And all God's people say it. The Holy Spirit is going to help us get to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what we're doing by sending and planting these unreached people groups and unreached people regions and areas. But... But we are still responsible for Jerusalem. That means where we live. 
our hometown. We're trusting TTI missionaries in, in unreached people regions of this world to get the gospel to them. They're trusting us to share the gospel where we are under the power and influence of the Holy Ghost. And all God's people see it. He empowers the witness. Then D, he enables right, righteous living. He enables righteous living. He teaches the truth. He convicts of sin. He empowers the witness. And he helps us live right. He helps us live the way we're supposed to. Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. Let's all read it. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now let's read it again. For as many as are Now, how many of y'all remember the Lord's Prayer or what they call the Lord's Prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed, you know that one, that one. There's a phrase in there. There's a phrase in there that says, lead us not into. Guess who is doing the leading? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will always lead you away from. But guess what? You got to. Some of y'all got that. Let me help you with this. The Holy Spirit ain't going to put you in a headlock. He will lead you, but he won't make you. Thank God we have help. We have help. Now watch this. Galatians 5, 16. It says, they that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Galatians 5, 16. This I say then. Read it with me. Everybody at Fairview, help us read now. Here we go. Walk in the Spirit. That means with the Spirit. Or be follow the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and... You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You're not going to sin. That temptation is there. He's going to lead you away from it. He's going to lead you away from it. He's going to give you strength. He's going to give you help. He's going to, he's going to give you the help. See, it's not just power to witness. We really focus on that. He, we shall be receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon and we shall be witnesses. But it's more than power to witness. It's more than power to share our faith. It's power to live right. It's power to live right. I'm seeing this so much. It's not just about missions. It's about right living all the time. Why do, why do you think, why do you think we need to have the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart? So we don't choke somebody when we get there. Hello. How many of y'all need the Holy Ghost in traffic? Every day in traffic, lead me not into temptation, Lord. Help me, Jesus. I want to, anyway, I don't have time to tell you what I want to do. Number two, number two. What was number one? Tell me number one, quickly, quickly. Say it with me. The function of the spirit. That's what he does for us. He teaches us the truth. He convicts us of sin. He tells us when we're doing wrong. He helps us to know what wrong and right is. He empowers us to be able to share our faith. He gives us strength and ability to lead us not into temptation. Where we're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. But here's the thing. How can I know? How can I know if I'm leading a spirit-filled life? How can I know if I'm leading a spirit-filled life? Because there's going to be some fruit. 
How do we know by looking at a tree if it's an orange tree? It's got oranges on it. Now, now orange tree and a grapefruit tree, listen, a tangerine tree, they all look the same until you see the, the fruit. Now, now it, it, it's, it's going to be hard to see who in here is leading a spirit-filled life till I examine your... I say, what's going to be manifest in my life? Galatians 5.22. This is real quick. We'll go to the third and finish. We see the fruit of the spirit. Not just the function of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the spirit... Now, let's say, everybody at Fairview, help us now. Help us now. You ready? But the fruit of the spirit is... Against such there is no law. Now watch this. If I'm, if I'm leading a spirit-filled life, I'm going to have love. And I ain't talking about for cheeseburgers. This is a God love. This is a love that loves your enemies. This is a love that will motivate you to wash the feet of the one that betrays you. This is a love... This is a love that causes you to say to people that's nailing you to a cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then, then, then joy. Are are you, are you living in joy? Does joy describe your life? Or does a mundane existence describe your life? Does an everyday struggle to get by Describe your, you remember, remember what I said? The Lord knows what we needed to hear this morning. If you're not experiencing joy, most likely you're not experiencing a spirit-filled life. How about this one? Peace. Social, social, social media will reveal that even Christians today are not living with peace. They're freaking out over the world events just like lost people are. Let me tell you why. They've forgotten that this world is not our home. They're not living full of the Holy Spirit. They're not living influenced by the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. Because if they were, they'd have peace. Long-suffering. Say, what does long-suffering mean? It means you have the ability to suffer a long time. It means you don't, you don't, you don't get angry quick. You don't lose your temper fast. You, you have the ability to put up with. Say it with me. You have the ability to put up with. Gentleness. Gentleness. Man, I'm not, I'm not seeing a lot. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Brother Doug, I don't know if you experienced this when you went to the mission field, but when we went to Dubai, we were in, we were in several different countries. Paris and then, then, then Dubai and, and I was so nervous about being over there and all that, but the people treated us with respect, kind, just very patient in, in the, in the, in the, the security deal and checkpoints and all that kind of stuff. We land in Atlanta and the first thing that happens, dude starts hollering at me. I said, well, welcome home. I mean, how many of y'all are witnessing gentleness? And I'm not, I'm not just saying the world we live in. I'm talking about professed Christians. 
Well, guess what? If you're living the spirit filled life, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be gentle with people. Goodness. I don't have to, I don't have to preach that. Y'all know what goodness means. Just good faith, man, you have faith. Even, but even when things don't look like, even when things like this, just burning down around you, you believe in God. Meekness is strength under control. Temperance. I mean, self-control, self-control. Preacher, I just tell you what, I've just been messing up so much lately. Well, maybe you need to, maybe you need to learn to be filled with the spirit. I want to ask you a question, guys. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Are these fruits being produced in your life on a regular basis? Because if you are living the spirit-filled life, you're going to see these things being produced in your life. You know what I've been witnessing? I've been witnessing many Christians trying to manufacture this. Trying to manufacture love for people. Guess what? You can't. Has anybody seen an orange factory? Has anybody seen a grapefruit factory anywhere? Because you can't manufacture it. But I have seen an orange grove where it's produce from life. And that life is the life of Christ in us. Three quick things. Write this down. Say, preacher, how do I live the spirit-filled life? Well, first of all, some of y'all got to receive the Holy Spirit. We see the function of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, then the filling of the Spirit. The filling of the Spirit. Remember what I said. Filling means controlled by or influenced by. Say that with me. The filling of the Spirit simply means to be controlled by or influenced by the Holy Spirit. But see, you can't be controlled by something you don't have. And the problem in many churches is there's a bunch of lost people there who have learned to be religious who have learned to go through the motions, who have learned the Christian language. And, and, and they, even though they enjoy coming, they're, they're not seeing love. They're not seeing joy. They're not seeing peace. They're not seeing long suffering. They're not seeing gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And they're trying hard for all these things, but they're just not able to manufacture it because they don't have the life of Christ in them. Peter said this, Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent. This is on the day of Pentecost. And they said, what do we do? How do we be saved? They said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Read it with me. And ye shall receive, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all need to receive him today. You need to quit trying to have love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance all by yourself and trying to force the issue and trying to manufacture it because you're not going to have it without him. Now, those that you are saved, you've already received the Holy Ghost, but you're struggling. You need to recognize the Holy Spirit. You need to recognize the Holy Spirit. First Kings 19, 11. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountain. This is Elijah, by the way. He's hiding in a cave. 
He already had the, the Mount Carmel experience and, and God didn't move like he thought he would move. God didn't do what he wanted him to do. And God is showing him that he don't always do what he did on Mount Carmel. He said there was a strong wind that rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. In other words, the Lord wasn't in all of these manifested experiences. But watch this. And after the fire, say it with me, a Some of y'all are trying to recognize God in thunder and lightning. You're waiting for some. When God's trying to whisper in your ear. Now let me say, everybody look at me. I know I don't went over time, but I need to tell you this. The reason some of y'all are not recognizing the still small voice is you're too busy. You're going too fast. You need to slow down and be quiet. The only way you can hear a still, small voice is if you get very still and very and let God talk to you. Prayer is a dialogue. Too many of you have made it a monologue. You sit down 100 miles an hour and you sit down and just go as hard as you can telling God everything you need and what you need him to do for you. And boom, you're out the door. And he went to say, to help you. And you didn't give him time to speak. So we need to slow down. We need to recognize God ain't in the fire. He ain't in the wind. Quit chasing charismatic things. And sit still, open your Bible, and say, God, speak to me through your word. And here's the most important thing. What was A? Everybody say A. You got to be saved. B? He ain't in all this stuff that you see on TV. He's in that still, small voice in your closet while you're reading the word. Then you need to respond to the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. Now, don't be wrapping up your papers because I ain't finished. I need to fi- I, I need, you need to hear this part. This is the most important part of the whole message. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 says, quench not the spirit. Quench means to extinguish. The Holy Spirit has been described as a fire. A fire can be quenched, extinguished. In other words, there's a voice in your heart. There's a voice in your heart wanting to lead you and guide you, convict you and teach you. But you can quench that voice. You can silence that voice. You say, how do I silence that voice? By disobedience. When he leads you to witness to somebody, when he leads you to buy somebody's dinner, when he leads you to pick up trash in the parking lot of the church, when he leads you to volunteer for a ministry at the church, when he leads you to call and forgive the person that's hurt you, when he leads you to do that stuff and you keep saying no and you keep disobeying him, that voice is going to get lower and lower and lower. But every time you obey, it gets louder and louder and louder. He said, preacher, I don't recognize when God talks to me because you keep quenching him. And I've learned that the more you obey him, the clearer the voice is, the more you submit to him, the louder it gets so that you know, the moment he talks to you, you know, it's God. 
Quit denying him. Quit disobeying him. Quit quenching him. He's here to help you. You're not in this thing alone. He's here to help you. He's here to help you go to Walmart. He's here to help you raise those teenagers. He's here to help you help your children with them grandchildren. He's here to help you get through your trying times. He's here to help you through the storms of life that you're going to face. He's here to help you to get through that deep valley you're in. He's here to help you reach unreached people groups. Somebody give God praise and glory for the help that he sent us. Help is no good unless we use it. And all God's people say it.